Coast. 94.3 WRHD HD1, Farmville, Greenville. Your exclusive pirate sports station. 94.3 The Game. It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Well, ain't that something? All right. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Can I have you along? <laughs> <laughs> it does have that feel to it, doesn't it? Uh, welcome in. <laughs> that is uh, Clark Willis on the ones and twos today, producing the show. And Cookie is here as uh, well. Cookie's check out that cheesy smile up in a little bit. Yeah, you guys are so excited about the video. It's I am very, very excited about the video. Yes. Yeah. I wore my good shirt today, man. You see that? Yeah, it looks good on you. So we got a lot of great comments yesterday from the video. The other thing, uh, you notice our open is different, and uh, we're going to be making some changes here. Clark, what is the official reasoning for all of this? Is because YouTube is uh, uh, YouTube has a problem it. with uh, stuff? Is that yeah, right? they don't like us using uh, licensed music. <laughs> I, guess. I don't know how that exactly okay. works as far as being licensed. Some I mean, people's kids, man. You sure? And what you say, Facebook as well, Clark? Uh, yeah, Swices? they keep that it. Yeah, we had a cricket team want, uh, claim right to one of our videos. Oh yeah, I remember that. They said some. What? They said your stinger was uh, their property or something, yeah, right? They tried to put, yeah, they tried to put. Yeah, even on Henry's video, they, the cricket team said that's our video <laughs> <laughs> from Pakistan. From there Pakistan. you go, Pakistan. Well, worldwide, who baby. Who says we don't have worldwide reach? A cricket outfit from Pakistan. That's right. Is uh, is claiming uh, staking claim. All right. Well, good to see you guys. Uh, Joey Football's here today too. We might catch oh, up yeah, with him yeah. later. We actually have a full show. There he is. Hello, Joey Football. Uh, we've got a full show today, guys, and uh, we uh, we'll have Mike Mullis talking about ECU. They're twentieth in the RPI right now. The Pirates are not uh, are not uh, playing uh, tonight. That was originally on the schedule, but uh, that has been. Uh, Moved uh, to uh, tomorrow because of uh, the pending weather tonight. It's supposed to be some rain up at the Tidewater area of Virginia. Norfolk, as Cookie likes to say, uh, likes to hear me say. And then uh, there's also the uh, travel situation with ODU, which uh, had them marooned after their uh, weekend series at Arkansas State. So I'll put all that together, and the game will be played at 3 tomorrow. We will not have a show. I am excited about Molly coming in the studio. He's out in the green room, so we'll have him in a few minutes. The other thing I'm excited about is uh, Thursday, Terrence Copper and Terrence Copper Jr. are both going to be with us. Uh, and we've told you the great story about T-Cop going back and completing his degree. I talked to Terrence last night on the phone a lot about that. Uh, his son graduating this weekend as well. So both father and son walked uh, this uh, weekend and got their degrees from ECU. That's uh, pretty good stuff. But first, but first, a little breaking news for you. We got a couple things to tell you about. Uh, the immediate ECU news is uh, the announcement that Shane Montgomery, who's been an offensive coordinator uh, at places like uh, Miami of Ohio, 
uh, Akron, Youngstown State, Charlotte, James Madison, and most recently at Buffalo, uh, has joined Mike Houston's staff, reunited in a sense uh, with many of the coaches from JMU, uh, and will be an offensive analyst this year for the Pirates. So welcome to Shane Montgomery, the former NC State uh, quarterback and assistant. Uh, Cookie will have a little more on this coming up with the update uh, closer to the uh, bottom uh, of the hour. Also, uh, some news that uh, kind of broke this morning. Henry Hinton uh, talked about this on uh, Talk of the Town. Uh, we've chronicled for a long time what is happening with uh, the possible future of professional baseball in Kenston. Right now it's the Down East Wood Ducks that are owned by the Texas Rangers. Uh, Henry talking about a group, uh, Diamond Baseball Holdings, which is a, a subsidiary of the bigger entertainment group Endeavor. Uh, base, Diamond Baseball Holdings, uh, it was reported uh, less than a month ago uh, that the uh, Rangers, who are also the the ownership, not only the parent club, but the ownership of the Wood Ducks, the Rangers are in the process of finalizing a sale, according to this uh, article from uh, Sports Business Journal, with the high-A South Atlantic League Hickory Crawdads. Uh, and uh, that is according uh, to a report out of the Hickory Record. The Crawdads said it's not clear when the deal will be done, but the team has been informing sponsors of the ownership change. This was a month ago. So uh, Diamond Baseball established a limited liability company in North Carolina called DBH Hickory on March 31st, and so uh, the Hickory team, who's also owned by the Rangers, uh, being sold to this uh, group. Now, this Diamond Baseball Holdings... Uh, owns uh, such teams as the, uh, well, let's see, they own uh, such teams as the uh, Hudson River Renegades, the Iowa Cubs, uh, AAA affiliate of the Cubs. Uh, they own a team in Lansing. They own the Memphis Redbirds. Uh, they own uh, a team out in Texas, Oklahoma City Dodgers. That's a AAA for the uh, L.A. Dodgers, obviously. They also bought a bunch of teams in Georgia here recently. Uh, they bought the team uh, that was from Rome. I'm not sure if the Braves owned the Rome team. I think they did. Uh, they also uh, bought, uh, uh, I believe Gwinnett was also one that they had uh, recently uh, purchased uh, as well. Uh, and so they own a pretty successful uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. They owned a, Wichita. They own a lot of uh, really successful uh, minor league, yeah, they bought the Gwinnett Stripers. I'm scrolling through their website here. Captivating radio and broadcasting, I'm sure. But the point is that they bought that from the Braves, who were all in on owning their uh, teams. So uh, that is uh, that is this group, and they've got, uh, you know, a dozen or so minor league franchises at various levels, uh, a lot of them in AAA all throughout uh, the United States coast to coast, and uh, they are in the process of buying the Hickory Crawdads. So, uh, Henry uh, reporting this morning that it looks like Diamond Baseball Holdings is going to purchase uh, the Downey's Wood Ducks. I have confirmed that now with a couple of sources uh, today, and uh, I have confirmed what I was told over uh, late last week over the weekend. We reported to you, you might remember, uh, that it looked like uh, that Brunswick County in Leland, down around the Wilmington area, was going to enter into an agreement with the Rangers and with Endeavor to have uh, put together an entertainment complex and a uh, baseball park. Well, apparently that deal is dissolved. But now Spartanburg, South Carolina, is planning to have a stadium built, a brand-new state-of-the-art stadium up to MLB specs uh, for minor league uh, parks 
by 2026. So uh, that appears to be the destination for the Kinston situation. I was told within the last hour that it looks like things are stable enough in Hickory that they are going to uh, keep the team there. So that's what's going to happen uh, as far as that. That Right now, Diamond Baseball Holdings doesn't have any plans to move the Hickory team to Spartanburg. Instead, it looks like, uh, and there's increasing belief, in fact, I was told it's just kind of a matter of time uh, before it looks like, uh, you know, this team will be announced uh, in Kinston that it would be moving to uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I assume it would still be in the Carolina League and be a single-A affiliate for the Rangers. That doesn't really change. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's a lot of smoke and we knew there was some kind of fire when this uh, information was put out a few days ago in regards to, uh, or a few months ago in regards to uh, the Rangers looking to maybe do something down in uh, Brunswick County. Again, that, that uh, looks like that is no longer on the table, but uh, uh, I, I was told, too, that the announcement of this is imminent. could be today. I haven't seen anything in the last few minutes, so... Uh, maybe tomorrow this will be announced uh, in some form that Diamond is entering into an agreement with the Rangers uh, to, to purchase the Downey's Wood Ducks. And uh, there's no intent, from what I understand, in keeping the team there. They also had uh, the reporting uh, from the news channels here in the East that uh, a consortium, a group, an advisory group to try to bring more events to Granger Stadium had been formed that involved uh, – you know, government officials in Kinston, stakeholders in Kinston. And when that kind of happened, that led me to believe that some of this movement uh, that we've been hearing bandied about was uh, imminent uh, because they're going to try to bring more youth events there. They're going to try to bring more travel baseball events there, AAU baseball there, uh, and even college games there because uh, they've got a stadium that uh, is a a quaint stadium and is a a great uh, single-A baseball park. Great minor league baseball park. A lot of history in that ballpark. Uh, but uh, as far as the modern-day stadium, uh, that is not anything that is, uh, I think, right now, something that you can look at and say, okay, uh, this is – it would just take so much money to get it. You almost have to have an all-new stadium. You'd be almost better off having an all-new stadium if you were going to get it up to major league specs, what they're requiring now out of minor league baseball. We've discussed it, even these brand-new parks in places like Fayetteville uh, and uh, uh, Kannapolis. I mean, they've got brand-new state-of-the-art stadiums. They're even having to invest millions. The ownership of uh, those respective franchises are because uh, they've got to get up to MLB specs with minor league baseball in order to maintain a franchise. Uh, so that's uh, that's the story as we understand it this afternoon. Uh, again, uh, we reported that uh, Diamond Baseball Holdings appears to be buying the Wood Ducks this morning on Talk of the Town. Uh, my follow-ups with that this afternoon, and, and one of them with a really good source in minor league baseball within the last hour, indicating that, uh, yes, indeed, all of this is happening uh, uh, and one of the other sources I talked to has talked to a couple of other uh, people that he really, really trusts close to the situation, uh, and he tells me this is a, a done deal. So uh, I hate it. You know, I grew up going to games uh, with the Kinston Blue Jays and then the Kinston Indians of the K-Tribe all those years. Had a couple of stints broadcasting uh, one year on radio for them, and uh, when they had a, a minor TV package on UPN back in the day, we did some games, but... Uh, it appears unfortunate that uh, uh, that the uh, 
future of professional baseball in Kinston, unless there's, a, as I was told, an 11th hour buyer that comes in and usurps this diamond baseball holdings deal, and that doesn't look imminent. Uh, it, it, unless there's some sort of 11th hour Hail Mary of some kind, that the future of minor league baseball and professional baseball in Kinston is, uh, is grim. I think that's the best way to put it. It's unfortunate. It really is. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, take a break. Mike Mullis is going to be with us. We're going to talk some baseball with, uh, Molly. Before we go to break, uh, we'll give away a pair of, uh, tickets. And, uh, that will be to the Sunday game at, uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium this Sunday against Memphis, the final game of that series of the final AAC game of the season in Greenville. It's our last pair of Sunday tickets. Uh, so a lot of a lot of folks are expected this weekend. Big crowds are expected. You can uh, be a winner if you're caller three at two five two five six one talk. That's two five two five six one eight two five five. Caller three, a pair of tickets to the baseball game ECU in Memphis on Sunday. Plus, uh, we'll get you a, a set of, uh, or actually a card, I should say, the Chico's Mexican Restaurant, a gift card. In Uptown Greenville, you'll be a winner if you're caller three. Do that going to break, and when we come back, Mike Mullis will be with us in the studio. Talk, uh, you have the gift of gab. You got you're the you're a five tool player. Yeah, that in was the a baseball broadcast game. There was a uh, compliment there, and then kind of a backhanded compliment with the with no. the gift of gab. They, 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 look, it's okay, PG. I'm accepting. I uh, I love the fact that you're doing the show from the friendly confines. It looks like there, yes. and it, it looks quite Always cozy. A home game. Uh, I is. will. Yeah. A, a, a happy belated birthday to all the viewers that didn't realize and can maybe take a moment to to wish you a happy birthday. But no, man, that we you know we did that uh, what Long Beach State game was our first one together, and uh, you it's know, like kinda, we'd worked together for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, or twenty minutes, and I kind of became <laughs> I kind of became Robin Robin to your Batman. So yeah, no, look, man, it's been a blast. It's great. Uh, I, I think we can announce this here. Mully and I are going to do the uh, state championships. Uh, they, they play them at two spots for baseball uh, in uh, Burlington, which I told them never send me there again because I didn't want to climb up the ladder and on the roof of the stadium to go to the press box. That was a just literally a box on top of the grandstand roof. I said, never again. I'm not doing it. It's a good call. Yeah. And uh, but they said Holly Springs, and I said, "Well, yes, please, thank you, because that's a very nice stadium." And so Molly and I have been asked by the NFHS network folks to do the uh, state champion. So hopefully we'll get Rose, but we'll see. How cool would that be? We've got three A, four A, could have as many as six games over a couple days. I mean, it should be a lot of fun, and I, you know, it's uh, we'll see some good players. That kind of just as we were talking about it, man, I went out and. You know, started kind of digging around it, and it's obviously first round of the playoffs tonight, so we're 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 looking way downstream, but uh, kind of looking at the player possibilities that we may be able to see there, and uh, man, it's exciting. I, I bet. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the the guys are all fired up right now, but being the players and coaches, but I'm uh, man, I'm fired up. I, it's going to be like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of baseball, and um, you know, I, look, I hope it goes six. I hope we, you know, nothing like a winner takes all game to me. Uh, and uh, Mike Mullis, in case uh, you don't know Mike, I, I don't know Mike's total dossier, but I know he was with Tommy Eason at Pitt for a while. He's done a lot of training guys and all that. And I mean, you played and all that, Mully. So is there anything I've left out that uh, as your as your qualifications? You know, the further uh, away the further away you get from it, the less relevant what you did is. I, I think. I understand. Uh, you know, I, or look, the greater I, you got. 
Well, the greater uh, you were, the further correct. you get away there's from a, it. There's some fish stories in there. I, I uh, no, man. I, you know, coach. I probably my. You know what, PJ? My, my the thing I may be most proud of is what a lot of people would be surprised by. Uh, we won the American Legion State Championship uh, in '06. And, and look right. for, for for the history of Pitt County baseball uh, to be the only team that's won the American Legion State Championship. Says I think is I think is pretty impressive. And and I will tell you, uh, the guys on that team, the staff that we had, the support from uh, the community and the league. I mean, it was just. It was a really, really special summer and one that I will never forget to, you know, to be able to coach with, with, you know, my best friend and then watch these guys. And a lot of these guys have gone on to not only playing success, but, man, I see them now. They've got their kids or whatever. And that that's, matter of fact, one of them called me yesterday. He's coaching down in Moorhead City. He's like, Coach, got a question for you. What do you think we should do right here? And, uh, that man, that's what it's all about. And so, yeah, I've had, man, I, baseball uh, and, and – not to quote Serrano, but baseball been very, very good to me, and I, I, I've, uh, I've loved every second of it, and and it truly is a privilege to get to just talk baseball, and that's, you know, that's uh, when when you do the heavy lifting, and again, I can be uh, Robin and and just kind of chime in with a an observation or a, a colorful one liner. That's that's kind of my deal, man, and I, <laughs> I mean, and I love it. I, I do truly enjoy doing it, and I, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for me. All right, I want to ask you real quick, who was on that? Give me some names on that team people would recognize, that 06 championship team. Uh, well, I mean, we can go the whole roster if you want. The names that most folks, well, we had uh, uh, Brandon Scott. Uh, Brandon Scott is a name that a lot of people may not recognize. Brandon Scott played at North Pitt High School, uh, played third mm-hmm. base for us, uh, played at Campbell. And interestingly, I don't know if you'll remember this, but his senior year, his last game at East Carolina, they allowed him to play all nine positions, so kind of a, a pretty special deal there, uh, and a really special dude and a really good player. But uh, Ryan Grapel played shortstop for us. Uh, we had Alex White, Ross Warren, uh, Josh Wakaga, who was just a, yeah forgotten hero. Josh Ashton, Mark Letchworth, uh, Jason Cargile, Garrett Bullock, uh, Will Brinson, Brandon Hodges, Brian Ford on the coaching staff. Uh, gosh, Anthony Williams uh, played second for us, and still he and I are really, really tight talk, uh, at least weekly. Uh, and, and, you know, we had a reunion not too far back, and, and, man, it was so cool to get all those guys together. But Clark Harrington, Brandon Sneed, I mean, I, I could go on and on. It, and, and I, you just I rolled the ball out? Is that what you did? You just rolled well, the ball out, right? Well, look, I was a really good coach that year. I mean, the better your players are, the better, you know, the better your, co- your, your coaching is. I, yeah. You know, ask anybody. But I uh, – no, we it, and Brian Hill. I, I, you know, Brian Hill's down at Chihuahua now as the head coach in his first season there. And uh, Brian Hill was amazing for us that year on the mound. Just really, really special. Uh, Mike Hallow was all that team. I mean, I, I feel terrible. I know I'm going to leave somebody out, but I think that's a pretty good recollection of the vast majority of the roster. But it was, um, man, it was just a really, really special group. And you know what, PJ, we we had the one thing that is really, really hard to create. Uh, in a microwave, and we had culture and caring. These dudes, you know, you bring them from all over the county, and they're the best players on their respective teams, and they're, you know, all Pitt County, all this, all that, and you put them all together in a melting pot, and and you hope it works out. Uh, And and the way that whole thing came to pass was very special. So it was a really, really – it was just a cool – uh, season of baseball and really neat to watch those guys. And even when they come back, Tanner Biagini, who's now at Towson as assistant coach, 
Um, he was on that club. When they come back together, we all uh, have gotten in one place, you know, only once since then. But the 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 it, it's the old. It just picks up right where it left off. Uh, you know, just a, a again, just a great group of young men, and now uh, fathers and husbands, and you know, and I'm sure they're all equally as good at that. We got Mike Mullis with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show, a first on the uh, program. So it's great to have Mully in with us. Uh, just one last word on that. I mean, that was just my opinion. I've always enjoyed when I was uh, working newspapers back, you know, in college as summer jobs. I, I thought that was Legion Ball was great. I, I really enjoyed covering Legion Ball. I've, those seasons were really interesting because, as you said, you got kind of the who's who of that county, and it's interesting to see where they kind of fit in. You learn a lot about guys in that scenario, actually, because, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not travel ball, per se, uh, and it, it's not all-stars, per se, but, I mean, because you, you are guiding through a season, and uh, it, that's some interesting stuff. You know what, man? It's one of the true um, maybe organic situations where you're really playing for the name on the front of the jersey and not the name on the back. You're representing your community uh, and, and look, we would go to some of the, you know, kind of out like Martin County is a great example. Yeah. We got yeah. rained out in Martin County. Uh, and it was kind of an inconsequential game uh, to us. Uh, but their head legionnaire calls and he's like, Coach, is there any way that you guys will come play us on a Saturday? Uh, we'll feed the team. You know, we'll feed your guys. And I was like, Yeah, you know, I, sure, we'd love to. He said, I'm just telling you, when you guys come to town, the gate off of that game makes our season. The, they they wow. wanted to see, you know, the Pitt County kids. And you got to realize, man, at that time you had basically Rose and Conley taking turns winning state titles. So, you know, you, 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 know, you put those kids together and uh, the success that, that Ryan Meadows had had with the crowd out of North Pitt. And I, you just put that whole thing together. And it was, re- it, again, I keep using the word special. I, I don't think in, in this situation it can be overused and, you know, American Legion Baseball now, uh, like a lot of other things, has evolved. Uh, they've tried to put it more in a position to compete with some of the things that you alluded to with travel baseball and uh, trying to trying to play uh, maybe as many or more games, but in seven-inning spurts and in more tournament-type formats. So, again, it's no different than do you like the shot clock or not? Do you like AstroTurf or not? Do you like the DH or not? Um, a lot of people will argue that non-inning baseball, American Legion baseball, was meant to be played, you know, five days a week with kids that are trying to move on to college. Uh, right. I, I argue that now that, you know, everything has its time, that kind of ran its course. And, uh, you know, again, Ryan Meadows coaches uh, post-39 now and uh, has done a great job, gets those kids in good tournaments, and they get a chance to play really good competition. So, you know, I, I, every year I, um, you know, I follow with great interest. Uh, we've got uh, our great uh, friend Mike Mullis here with us. Uh, you know, we have, we've talked all this time. I haven't even broached the subject of what we wanted to talk to you about, East Carolina and uh, everything going on there. So could you hang through a break, and sure. uh, we'll get into the Pirates and some detail. We'll go ahead and get an early time out here so we can uh, we can get into that uh, kind of un- uh, interrupted because uh, I want to get Molly's take on uh, where this program is now going into the final couple weeks of the season. Uh, right now, though, we have Chris Cook. He's got a 94-3 the game uh, sports update. Take it away, Cookie. 
This is Chris Cook here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update. The high school baseball and softball playoffs were scheduled to get underway today, but Mother Nature had other plans. D.H. Conley and South Central have postponed their opening round baseball and softball games to tomorrow. J.H. Rose has postponed its baseball and lacrosse games in the state playoffs until tomorrow as well. Playoff games at Aiden Grifton and Farmville Central are still on as planned. Denny Crum, who won two NCAA championships while serving as the University of Louisville men's basketball coach for 30 years, has sadly passed away at his home Tuesday morning. He was 86 years old. Crum directed Louisville to the 1980 and the 1986 NCAA championships, ranking him as one of only 14 coaches in NCAA history to win two or more titles. Shane Montgomery has been named Senior Offensive Analyst at ECU according to an announcement from Head Coach Mike Houston on Tuesday. Due to inclement weather in today's forecast and travel troubles for Old Dominion, East Carolina's non-conference baseball contest at Old Dominion has been moved to Wednesday at Bud Matthew Park. First pitch is now slated for 3 p.m. with an airtime of 2.45 here on 94.3 The Game. The Pirates and Monarchs were originally scheduled to face off at Harbor Park, home of the AAA Norfolk Tides, this evening. Wake Forest will defend their home field tonight. The number one Demon Deacons are welcoming UNC Greensboro to town for a non-conference matchup in Winston-Salem. Tenth-ranked Duke will battle Ryder in Durham. North Carolina will host Garner-Webb in Chapel Hill. And NC State is hosting Richmond in Raleigh. The Demon, Deacons are, the Demon Deacons are taking over as the top-ranked college baseball team in the nation. Wake Forest is ranked number one in the latest edition of D1Baseball.com's tw- Top 25. Wake's 39-7 record knocked LSU from the top spot in the rankings. Elsewhere in the rankings, Duke remained number 10. The Blue Devils are 32-13. and 13. ECU remains at number 14 in the poll. Lenore County... Lenore Community College uh, baseball team won its first Region 10 title since 2010 with a commanding 14-2 win over Catawba Valley Community College in Monday's title game played at Big Rock Stadium in Moorhead City. The Lancers rattled off five straight winner-go-home games to clinch the title. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by the new IBX Media app. Listen to this and other shows such as Talk of the Town and Hoist the Colors on the new app from IBX Media for your smartphone. Now available on the App Store and on Google Play. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with Mike Mullis on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the gram. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Welcome back in. PJ Show with you here on this uh, Tuesday. We have Pirate Baseball tomorrow afternoon, so we will be uh, preempted tomorrow. The game starting at 3 at 2.45 airtime on 94.3 The Game with... Uh, Scooter and Coach O on the radio side from Matheny uh, Stadium. You know, you were talking about uh, Mike Mullins is with us today in the studio. It's great to have Mike with us uh, as uh, he is uh, a baseball analyst with ESPN Plus, and uh, everybody knows Mike in the baseball community and sports community in, uh, in Greenville. Mully, uh, you were talking about how when you were co- coaching that post, uh, was it 39 team, yeah. uh, the Legion team? And, again, what you were really doing was just rolling the ball out. Uh, but, anyway, the, the – Fair enough. When you, hey, strength, coach when you, your strengths. 
Yes. When you uh, when you talked about when you guys go to Martin County, it was a big gate. The people up in Norfolk were planning a big gate at the uh, AAA park there, Harbor Park. They had advertised this thing for months, and they are very disappointed in uh, Tidewater, Virginia. They're having to move the game uh, to the on-campus because they were expecting a really good gate and a good crowd at the minor league park with the Pirates coming up there. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, you, so to speak. So. Here's, my, here's my take on, and not this game specifically, but let's sure. look at what the Pirates have been through. Let's look at what how many times we've seen travel impact uh, college baseball this year. It's, it's been more than a handful. There's a certain point. That, that, look, let's face it. Travel's not going to get better, right? Like it's, it's just it seems to be getting worse. Maybe with time it'll work itself out. I mean, I think it's a long time that, you, 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 in my opinion, you, you got to go one of two ways. you, you got to have more regional games that, that teams aren't having to travel to, you know, the Pirates going to Wichita or, I think, uh, ODU got stuck, what, in Texas or something, or Chicago coming back from town, whatever whatever the, the deal was. But, you know, the, the, the sports that can afford to charter are one thing. But if we can't charter, we got to go regional. Or this is just going to become, I mean, more and more the norm, right? We're going to, I mean, this this game getting changed, as you just said, man, has a huge impact on the plans that ODU had laid out and the importance of this game for them uh, and, and, the, and the spectacle of the opportunity of playing at the Tide Stadium. So, I mean, I, I just think it's, I think as, as scheduling goes forward and as we look at where the conference is going next year, you can cool believe with some of the you know nearly cross country travel that's going to uh, have to happen next year. We, we've either got to figure out a way to charter them, or we got to expect to lose games. Uh, when I say lose games off the schedule, or we, we got to play a more regional schedule, and not just us, but but everybody, with with a limited number of trips of that magnitude. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think. It makes sense for football to be where well, it doesn't make sense for any of it to be where it is. But football, these big conferences, okay, it's once a week. You know, those are spectacles in themselves. It's a day long deal. We get it. Basketball, let's face it, it's where it is now at a lot of places. So I mean, that ship has sailed. I just, I think for all these other sports, there's got to be a little regional component to it. But that's, I think East Carolina's in a great spot with its scheduling. Not only could Cliff Godwin build up his RPI. Uh, with a regional schedule, especially in the midweek games. But you look at what uh, has happened, and uh, he, he's been able, by and large, for the travel budget to work out. This is a case where Old Dominion, who's playing in some far-flung uh, conference, is going to be uh, coming back. And uh, they're in the Sun Belt now. Is that where they are? Are they in Conference USA? Conference uh, You know what? That's a great question. Let me let me take yeah. a look. That's a, that's Go to a the Google question. machine, someone, uh, and, exactly and check this do. out. i got it right here. Yeah, or well, our guest will do it. That's great. Even better. We'll go straight to Molly's uh, uh, source there. But my point is this. I, I think what you're saying is well uh, taken. Here's where I wanted to go with these midweek games, Molly, and that is how about I think there's a real future in playing games at minor league parks that are the home game for a you know mid-major or smaller program to get a program the caliber of ECU, UNC, NC State in. Uh, or it's a great neutral site situation like we saw with the third game with Campbell and East Carolina this year down at Fayetteville, and the Pirates have drawn very, very well at all of these minor league stadiums. So I, I don't know what the schedule necessarily is like next year, 
but I think this is kind of a wave of the future thing, playing in all these minor league parks. It's got to be good for the pirate program, I have to imagine. So, uh, first question, Sunbelt. So that's kind of Okay. The fun um, belt. There you sun go. Sunbelt, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because we are so, um, I don't know a better word than spoiled in Eastern North Carolina. I, I don't, if, if the Pirates played at Yellowstone, people would show up. Uh, the, the, the Pirate fan base for baseball, and, and really, let's just say for Pirate athletics at large, is is that just that we have fans, which we we have fanatics, the, and and it's incredible to see. Uh, so playing in the minor league ballparks when you have the Pirates coming to town because they, you don't have to count on your fan base to make that place not feel like a, a you know a cavern, but if you're playing in a minor league ballpark and nobody's there, it's not a whole lot of feel, you know. So I, I think it goes both ways, but but to your point. If you've got the Pirates coming and you're playing downtown Charlotte, what a scene that was. I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark. It's one of my favorite ballparks I've ever been to. Uh, and what a great deal uh, for, you know, for all the participants. So I, I do think there's some merit there. But you know what? It, P.J. used to be such a big deal to play in a minor league park. Like, even take it to high school. It was a big deal in high school to play at a collegiate field. It was a big deal in college to play at a pro park. Everything is so nice now. I mean, look at the dudes playing at Elm Street Park. I mean, them going to Yankee Stadium would be a step backwards. So I, I, I don't know that some of that hasn't run its course other than the fact that the kids, you know, when all, these dudes traveling on showcase weekends, they, you know, they get some exposure to some of that stuff, the better guys. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think there could be an argument made either way. I can tell you this. If I've gotten the pick to go watch the Pirates play, even in Charlotte, which I love, my hometown, I love it, or I get to see him play a great opponent at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Let's let's let the people come to Clark LeClaire Stadium because that is just a, uh, it's an I mean it's an unrivaled atmosphere. Mike Mullis uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show today. Let me ask you this, Mully, as we delve a little further into ECU, some uh, fifteen or so minutes now into having you on the uh, on the show and on the air with us, or maybe more than that. But let, let me ask you this: uh, Where is this team now? I think they did what they were supposed to do and needed to do. In Cincinnati this weekend, I think the old Dominion game now at their on-campus facility is going to be a little more challenging perhaps. Uh, should be fine with Memphis this weekend, and then you close the home slate with the Campbell, and we know how good they are, and then down to USF. And I think a lot of what what's still at stake is going to determine how that series goes in Tampa. So uh, with that said, with what's ahead of them and, and where they are now, give me an assessment of this team in your expert opinion. I mean, I see, I see the possibility of a 8-0 run. I, I mean, I don't expect that. I think they come out of these next eight somewhere seven and one, six and two, something like that. You know, it's it's kind of hard to. I mean, we saw 20 last year. Do we expect to see eight this year? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they actually, for all practical purposes, they won four baseball games this weekend, and the biggest win was the fact that Wichita State and Houston didn't play. So this thing comes down to an opportunity where um, we've just got to do one better. So we're a half game back right now of Houston. We've got the opportunity, if we can hold serve, if we sweep the conference, we've got a chance to win the conference. Now, obviously, it holds through the other way. If They they, they have the same opportunity. So, uh, But, but man, what a big deal. I mean, they, they go into this week trailing by half a game as opposed to a game and a half. It could have been 
the outcome had, uh, you know, had Houston finished that series with a sweep. So, I mean, yeah, there's nothing else that the Pirates could have done this past weekend. Uh, and, look, it, I, I, what's most interesting to me and the things that determine success late in the season is obviously getting hot at the right time. We don't have to look back far to see that. If you think about the spurts of offense that we've seen from individual players, we've seen Starling hot at times, we've seen Moreland hot at times, uh, Wilcox, I mean, kind of go on down the roster. If you get three of those guys, even two of them really hot at the same time, but if you could get into three and really get some really super quality of bats, hard-nosed, hard-fault, high-pitch counted bats out of kind of your role players, it could be really, really interesting. And then, you know, if if if, if you could inject your Savage, you know, assuming that he's building himself back to healthy, um, you look at what you're getting from, you know, the little left-hander root that, that's now uh, your de facto Friday guy. I don't know if he's viewed as your staff's number one or if that is a decision that the staff made based on uh, kind of scheduling down the line. But you look at all these things together, uh, and, you know, all of a sudden, to me, and, and look, we as a, as a fan base, we, we are, like I said earlier, a little fanatical and even uh, maybe a little bipolar with this whole thing, right? Like where our highs are really high and our lows are yeah. maybe a little too low. Peaks and valleys. Peak, Peaks yeah, and, valleys and they're, sure. they're, they're tremendous. Uh, if there There's more reason for optimism. The schedule is perfect the way it sets up. I mean, you could not want to close it out when you when you know it's kind of in your hands, and you've got to beat two teams, the, the, the two of the lesser teams in the conference. Um, you know, now Memphis did just come off of a sweep of USF, so Memphis has probably got a little swagger about them. The thing you've got to fight right now is understanding that both those teams would like to upset the King, and you're going to get their best shot every time out, and that is all that they're playing for other than right. maybe a possibility in the conference tournament. Yeah, Mike Mullis uh, with us here. Molly, let me ask you, there's two, you know, in basketball, there's two things that travel, uh, rebounding and defense. In, in baseball, the two things, especially this time of year, that travel, if you do this anywhere, you're going to be fine because hitting comes and goes. If you can pitch it, which East Carolina can do, now, they've had some moments that have been a little, okay, you know, concerning, but by and large, on the whole, they've got a great staff from the starters to the bullpen. And when everybody's going like they should, uh, they can be darn near untouchable in some, some respects. They get a lot, it's a, it's a heavy volume strikeout staff when they're running, uh, like they should. And then defense, which I think all the corners on the infield is really good. The outfield is, is, I think, better than adequate. Adequate sounds, eh. But I, I think it's better than that. I, a little, you know, I don't want to say concern, but maybe some question up the middle. But I, I think that is maybe a little underrated at times. I think they've made some plays, particularly at home, uh, that uh, that that have been solid. And then you got Will Coxon behind the plate, who's been able to throw out runners at a really good clip. So uh, from those two standpoints, the pitching, which you did touch on there a minute ago, and then uh, the defense. And I guess with the pitching, Molly, the decision to move Spivey back to the pen, how much does that change the game? Look, and that that question can only be answered by the next eight days, next eight ball games. I mean, it's still early. It looks like brilliance. Uh, a lot of that is um, the mindset of Spivey, right? I mean, you, you've heard Cliff say that. So he can go in there, turn it loose, and it's a whole different deal than trying to conserve and get deep in a game, that kind of thing. I, you know, 
if you if you go around the horn, I mean, we've actually you mentioned Wilcoxon, but Crystal's been a, uh, been a soldier. He's not been healthy all year. He's still been a contributor. He's a good player. Um, the, you know, we see the catching. They'll take a they'll take a pitch off and a ball will get away from them, and everybody sighs. Uh, and it is frustrating because you you don't want to see those kinds of things. But you know, going to the outfield play, and I think your expression and your um, kind of grasping at the right term uh, to describe it is is very accurate. And I, what I mean by that is, we've seen Hoover make plays that are you know web gems. They're Sports Center worthy, spectacular. Yes, yeah. spe- to truly spectacular plays. And then we've seen Nowak have debacles that are. Um, you know, kind of reminiscent of of a little leaguer, and it's so. What ends up happening? Our, our, you know, kind of our human nature kicks in, and you know, we we kind of remember the bad a whole lot more than we remember the good, right? That's just kind of, you know, that that's kind of been a lesson you learned a long time ago in life. But you know, it's it's. I think what you've got to ask this team to do is nothing spectacular. Literally, it's it's just make the routines, uh, limit bases. I, I, one thing that goes maybe unrecognized by a lot of folks, East Carolina does a great job of keeping runners off second base on base hits, balls and balls that guys could try to advance on. Uh, and you see what happened against teams that the Pirates play that do not do a good job about, uh, of that. I mean, Cincinnati was very charitable all weekend, allowing extra bases, free bags, uh, you know, just in numerous ways. So, I mean, I think that that is not something that is to be taken lightly. Especially in tournament play, the, the the more guys you can keep out of scoring position, clearly the better chance you have to win the game. Yeah. And it changes having that guy in scoring position changes how you manage the staff, how you pitch the guys. Uh, so I mean, I, I think that is a part of the outfield play that is that is overlooked because it's not a diving catch, it's not a you know it's not a throw and a runner out the plate, uh, but it, it is a huge fundamental. So again, I think this is if you're comparing this defense to a quarterback, this is the hey, this is the manage the game quarterback. We don't need you to win the game. Yeah. Hey, great stuff, uh, Molly. We'll get you back on. Got a lot we can still talk about, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. And uh, good stuff. And uh, we'll uh, really appreciate you coming in. Hope it was a good time for you, buddy. Always a pleasure, and uh, I enjoyed it. And yeah, next time we'll. Uh, well, hopefully we'll be talking about kind of where this thing's going uh, in the postseason. Yeah. All right, more. Uh, uh, thanks, Molly. Really appreciate it. We'll be back to wrap this thing up right after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, that was loud. Golly. Uh, we have, uh, thanks to Mike Molespina, and that was a lot of fun. I feel like uh, we uh, ran out of time really quick, so uh, we'll try to get Molly on uh, another uh, time and uh, talk to him uh, soon, maybe uh, in a week or so, to uh, kind of talk about where the Pirates are headed as far as the postseason uh, would go, but a lot of work to be done uh, since uh, before then. Uh, was uh we, of course, told you a couple weeks ago about uh, the goings-on in the uh, baseball coach uh, at Alabama being linked to, uh, uh, you know, gambling on uh, the Tide. Uh, on uh, Monday, Iowa announced that the school is aware of a sports wagering investigation. They say they're fully cooperating as 26 current student-athletes are involved across several sports, baseball, Football, men's basketball, men's track and field, 
in men's wrestling, along with one full-time employee of the Iowa Department of Athletics. Iowa notified the NCAA of potential violations and also added it has, quote, hired an outside counsel to assist in the investigation process. The school's announcement came the same day Iowa State revealed it's conducting a similar investigation. Gambling is legal in the state of Iowa, but NCAA rules ban athletes from participating. So this is athletes there. I mean, this has happened before in uh, the uh, NCAA. It's not great, but uh, it has happened. And someone asked me today, do I think this will uh, in any way derail legalization of sports gambling in North Carolina? No, because there are safeguards up to catch these things. That's what happened in the case of uh, the Alabama deal with the sports book in Ohio. And uh, that's also, I guess, what is what is maybe led uh, Iowa and Iowa State to uh, starting their investigations. So there you go. Thanks to Mike Mullis uh, for being on with us today. I'll be back tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town with the Big N. No PJ show tomorrow at 5 right here. We'll be preempted by ECU at ODU on the Diamond. Pirates and Monarchs playing baseball tomorrow at 3 at 2.45 airtime with Scooter and Coach O on 94.3, the game of the ECU Sports Network. You can listen to the game as well on the IBX Media app. Free for download, Google Play, and at the App Store. Thanks to Clark Willis. Thanks to Joe Sampson. Thanks to Chris Cook. Also, thanks to Mike Mullis for popping by. Great to visit with Molly. We'll be back uh, with you Thursday on the PJ Show. See you in the morning. Have a great weekend out there, everybody. Or great rest of the night, I mean to say. Ah!